Welcome to this Conveyancing Matters chat. Conveyancers limiting their retainer helps you avoid a negligence claim. Welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello, Stu. How are you? I'm good, Lorraine. How are you? Well, yeah, I'm all right. I'm still spluttering. Shall we just let the lovely viewers know <laughs> I'm still spluttering? But not too bad, thanks, Stu. Good stuff. So, um, yeah, this week I thought we would talk about um, something that's hit the Gazette's headline. So I completely acknowledge their, their scoop and their copyright in this bit, Stu. <laughs> because the Gazette picked up a county court judgment, which I know some of the um, other, um, you know, some of our colleagues have picked up and popped out on social media, but I don't think anybody's talked about it. Uh, and Stu, it, it caught my eye because it was um, it was a county court judgment. Uh, so it was unreported, doesn't set a precedent, all the stuff that we know. But basically, a new build client bought a negligence claim against their conveyancing firm, Stu, because um, uh, a link road was going to be constructed near the house that wasn't revealed during the purchase. The client bought a negligence claim against the firm, but the, the firm successfully resisted the negligence claim on the basis that their retainer, the contract for their works due, had been sort of limited accordingly, and the court was prepared to, uh, you know, accept that argument. So. I thought it was just an interesting thing for us to talk about. I mean, I think probably one of the most striking things, first comments I would make, Stu, is that the firm appeared to be doing a new build for a fixed fee of £695 plus VAT. Um, I don't know how anybody makes enough money at that level on a new build. Depends. That, I just wonder whether they had other sort of, uh, you know, other other um, plots on that estate, maybe. So, you know, you could argue that maybe they were doing a number of different plot buyers and therefore it was uh, economically still viable. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's the old knowing knowing the estate thing, isn't it? And knowing yeah. knowing the title. Exactly. Um, but yeah, what was interesting is, and I quote direct from uh, John Hyde's article in the in the Gazette here. Um, the firm said it was instructed to undertake a straightforward conveyance of a new build property. Maybe we'll come back to that. I hate that straightforward. But anyway, go on. Oh well, that's it. I mean, well, let's stop it's always now. Straight, it's always straightforward. It's always it, simple. But anyway, go on. Is. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, not at all. I mean, you know, I know you and I. Our views might differ slightly on new builds, Stu, because I'm probably a bit like everybody else and think, oh God, you know, new builds. Um, there's a lot of work involved, and and lots of people feel anxious about them. You're, I think, more more relaxed about them. I love new builds. Get in there. Get in there, Stu. I, I, I really like new builds. I, I don't know what the uh, what the beef is. I think. Obviously, there's a lot more work. There's a lot more work at the front end, isn't there? When you're looking through the pack, you know, there's more documentation as a generalisation, but you haven't got the to and throw, the backwards and forwards. You know, it's not dragged out for ages with inquiries and stuff like that. You know, most new builds, hopefully, the answers are all in that that pack. But go on, I keep interrupting you. Go on. No, no, no. But that's a really good view, isn't it? It's kind of the get in and get out, isn't it? So this was a supposedly straightforward conveyance of a new build property and the, the firm was successful and I quote the Gazette, the scope of the retainer did not extend to advising the client about wider road development schemes. Um, two day hearing at Plymouth County Court apparently, Stu, which I thought was uh, was quite interesting and the claim was dismissed. As I say, the judgment's unreported, but um, I'm interested, perhaps the first thing to talk about in relation to this is um, firms limiting their retainer 
this idea that when we take on a client, we'll send our client care letter and we will say to the client, for this fee, we are going to do this, 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 this and this. And I suppose my first kickoff and observations to you is I am amazed in conveyancing how many firms don't scope their retainer in their client care letter. Definitely. So how much information would PCS put in their, in their client care letter or take TNC, Stuart? About what you as do. much as we bloody can, uh, yeah. literally as much as we can, because it is, isn't it? You know, it's what at the end of the day, if anything does hit the fan, the first thing anybody's going to look at is that, you know, the, the conditions in which you engage with your client and the T's and C's tell tell everybody what you're going to do and, and yeah. maybe what you're not going to do as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our, you know, there's always that thing, isn't there? When you send those T's and C's out, you think, oh, God, you know, it's like you know, 10 pages worth of gump. Um, but um, the world we now live in, um, they're probably more important than they've ever been before. Yeah, I think so. Um, and certainly if, you know, what I think firms should be doing as a result of this case is immediately scuttling off and looking at their TNCs and looking at their client care letters and saying to themselves, do we make it clear just in the context of the conveyancing job itself, not all the other guff that you and I spend you know, yeah. weeks and months and have made a career moaning about Stu, but actually in relation to the conveyancing job, what yeah. are we going to do? We are going <laughs> to do the following, you know, investigate the title about the, that we're sent, raise inquiries, do these searches, but we will only, for example, be looking at what's going on with this particular property. I'll tell you what, though, Lorraine, it's, it, it's actually a more difficult job, though, than, than some give it, um, you know, credit for. It, it's so difficult to take that step back and get outside the mm. bubble we all make these assumptions that everybody knows what we're going to do and it's so difficult to sort of put it down in layman's terms and detail every single thing isn't it um, i mean our review of our terms and conditions is not something we do periodically it's constant so mm. it's a you know all the time you know every single month they're tweaked here and there due to things that might have come up or something like this you know this case comes up and again it's a great chance to review things and look at things from a different perspective. I think sometimes we're so caught up in this bubble yeah. um, that we all kind of just assume so much. Um, we do, you're right. And I think it's too what firms should try to take the time to do. Because at the end of the day, this to me is the business end of the transaction. This is the this is the what we do. This is the type yeah. of stuff you and I spend weeks saying, well, we don't, you know, we, we shouldn't really be doing money laundering, but we end up doing it. Oh, we shouldn't really be do, end up doing all this due diligence. We've bent over and we've said, yes, we'll take it all. The one thing conveyances have always done and should always do is the title, uh, you know, and the property. This is the, this is the central part of what we do. And um, one of the things I want, you know, I think that firms should be thinking about as just as a, off the back of this case is, as you quite rightly say, get outside to T's and C, stand back and look at them and think, would a lay person understand what we are going to do for them as yeah. a result of reading this? And if necessary, get somebody who's not a lawyer, who's not in your yeah. firm, to read them and have a look. Yeah. You know, give it to a member of your family or a friend and say, well, just, just have a look at that for me. And does that make sense to you? Would you know yeah. what I'm going to do? Yeah, whether clients actually read them, that's another question entirely, and, and it almost doesn't matter as long as they've signed them. Um, I saw exactly. some of another law firm's uh, T's and C's the other day, actually, where the signature was on the front page, not on the last. But, um, yeah, it, it's so important, isn't it, that, you know, they're properly detailed, um, the clients sign them, and that you're, you know, 
we have that massive focus, don't we, on making sure that we have clients' ID and money laundering documents and whatnot yeah. um, before we start that business relationship. But you know, your T's and C's being executed and returned are, are of equal of equal importance yeah. when it comes down to your, your, your personal side of things, isn't it? You know, absolutely. So another thing that I thought firms could do as a result of this um, case too, because I think any of these cases, I mean, uh, you know, there's always a there, but for the grace of God, go all of us. You know, the, the conveyancing solicitors, um, uh, you know, made a successful argument this time, but you can see there would be, you know, an equal number of cases, you know, number, you know, more cases where they where they didn't. But, um, you know, does the a new build report to a client make it clear, for example, that the local search only searches against this particular property in this particular address it's a complete misnomer isn't it the name local search for a start as far as clients are concerned yeah because they yeah, think you're, you're 100 right i don't think this is limited though to new build either mm. um I, I think you know all this kind of gunk that we're talking about here relates to any property yeah. um and, and again you know your retainer needs to be clear that you know you are looking at the property not the surrounding areas you know yeah exactly yeah and what i find worrying is that lots of firms particularly given the advent of the transparency rules to you know having to put our fees and charges on the websites and so on and therefore firms sort of feeling exposed because they've you know what they're going to charge is out there um have really sort of pared back and 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 not offered sort of as a matter of course a number of the searches that um that they might you know they might have done a few years ago because the obvious one clearly here um and i'm not criticizing the firm i might add but surely um you would want to be saying as a matter of course to pretty much every client well local search any churches against this particular property do you want us to do a plan search or equivalent yeah tells you about planning permissions in the area you know the cost of it is this um and you won't find out about you know planning permissions and so on if um if if we don't do it definitely 100 percent do you offer them how does that work for you yeah Steve? without a shadow of a doubt yes yeah, so we obviously have a, a standardized report um that we send clients um and that gives them the options to enhance that by you know taking out whatever the additional searches that are necessary to to that property so whether it be an extra planning search common search go on and on and on here yeah. but you've got to give the clients the option whether or not they take it doesn't matter so much it's giving them the option if they're not aware that they could have had that extra information um then you've got a problem haven't you yeah i mean and i suppose to be fair we've talked about it before but we can't talk about plan search without mentioning the bird and bird case you know won't go into it in any detail but the the case that essentially sort of sort of said well a firm doesn't have to do a plan search or indeed any other non-standard search but if you've done it you've got a report on it yeah. um, that's you know that's the issue isn't it well it's information um, within your you know within your knowledge isn't it exactly so, yeah. exactly um and i wonder also Sue, whether our friends and colleagues out there are sort of fully aware of the um, the information that can be obtained in the CON 29.0, because I think for too many firms and too many people in firms these days, you know, doing the searches has become, you know, a, a reduced to a tick box exercise with the search providers, many of whom are absolutely excellent and offer some brilliant products, I might add. But I worry that a lot of people see it sort of as an administrative task rather than something that's actually central to what we do. Especially, now, especially if you're dealing with more than one plot on the same development. Yes. Um, I think there's always that innuendo, isn't there? Well, it's the same information that's going to come back. And it probably will be the same information that's going to come back. Or, or, or you know, 
largely will be. But that doesn't matter. That's not the point, is it? No, no um, you've still got to do the appropriate due diligence yeah. on every file. Because um, it might only be one of them where the problem arises. And actually, Stu, that um, that was one of the issues that the indemnity insurers were concerned about. That in sort of this recent indemnity insurance round yeah. was a, a sort of a bit of a detour. Uh, you know, firms acting on multiple plots um, uh, was seen as a, a you know an insurance risk. And of course, if you act on a whole bunch of plots, well, that uh, that problem, that issue, that potential negligence claim is you know expanded accordingly. Yeah. But um, so COM29 optional question four, um, road proposals by private bodies, and I quote, what proposals by others have been approved or are the subject of pending applications, the limits of construction of which are adjoining or adjacent to the property for colon dash A, the construction of a new road or B, the alteration of or improvement of an existing road, blah, blah, blah. So you've got optional and inquiry four. Yeah. It's there. And if you're doing a new build, you're going to be ticking the commons registration search, aren't you? Yeah. You're going to be doing optional inquiry 22. So maybe you'll just always do yeah. optional inquiry four as well. Um, it, you know, it's there. It's, we're able to get this information. And as I say, I'm, I'm not criticizing this firm because they did what they said they were going to do you're, you're um, very right though what you say about um it becoming a bit of a process because again you know who orders searches you know it might be say your your secretaries or your assistants that will order those searches you know do they know that there are these additional options um and you know are they sort of trained to to evaluate what's needed and, and what's not well, I've got to say, and I say this, and I'm old and dull, and I accept all of that. I accept no, pretty never. much. All of it. <laughs> I accept most of the criticism that's levelled against. Don't me. listen to people that tell no, you that. Blah blah blah. Sorry, what? What? No, I'm not listening. Look, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Do you know what? My mum, I adore her. Um, uh, but oh my word, if um, just by way of you know parental details, she, she um, she will walk out the room. If she doesn't like what you're saying or doesn't want to argue, she will usually let out a load of expletives and then she'll just bugger off. So you can be talking to her and she will walk out the room and she's tiny. And I love the fact that she's got the balls to do that. She absolutely is tiny, tiny, tiny. And she will just turn around as much to say, I'm off. <laughs> I don't have to listen to this. And she's gone. So, you know, I've tried not to sort of... Um, I've tried not to, to, to take Let's hope that. our listeners aren't thinking the same thing. I'm bored now. Let's walk <laughs> off. You're like 22 <laughs> minutes in. This, this <laughs> exactly. video's flatlining. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so back to the plot, Steve. Back to the plot. Um, again, you know, it's a difficult one in terms of our advice, isn't it? But, yeah. and it, you know, any report probably should say something along the lines of, you know, there's, you know, there's no right to review in English law. And also, if you are buying, acting for a client is buying a, you know, a, a plot in the middle of a development and there's still a whole load of open land around it. Well, it's probably not unreasonable to assume that there might be, you know, something else might be built adjacent and, and a road yeah. might be, you know. Especially if you're seeing word in like phase one. Uh, exactly, exactly, exactly. But, um, but I also wonder, and again, I'm, you know, commenting just in passing, really, but a couple of things sort of also spring to mind because apparently on this one, according to the Gazette and the press release that was issued, 
Um, and this is, to me, strikes me as being the roots of, of um, uh, that, that should be um, pursued. Local searches indicated incorrectly that there was no scheme planned. So, really? yeah. So, I mean, and you made an interesting point off airs too about the indemnity insurers. So, you know, if, you've, if we've got a potential claim against a firm here for negligence, but also the local search indicated incorrectly there was no scheme planned. You do have to wonder, you know, what was the point you made? Well, I just think, you know, first of all, well done, well done to the firm for actually, you know, having this um, retainer correctly detailed. Um, and also well done for probably pushing their insurers to actually fight the claim, because I think so often now um, people just want to settle um, claims such as this. Um, and I think that's the default position many lawyers that act for these insurance companies um so well done for getting it there too often i think as a profession we get beaten up um because of these things yeah. um so yeah i take my hat off to them well done uh, thumbs up you know they yeah. not only not only did they have their own house in order they fought it and, and were successful which yeah. too often we hear it the other way around don't we yeah absolutely and if the claimant you know has got a potential um claim against the local authority which is presumably what they're yeah and don't forget these whether you're doing sort of searches with you know personal searches or direct you know that they are backed up with their own indemnity insurance as well um that that you know we can claim against when there are um mistakes in there we've had it ourselves in numerous i think in the last two or three years i've seen local searches that have had you know a few issues should we say um not something i used to see but but laterally these days whether it's the sort of tech that's you know making them so automated or not, I don't know, but um, I've seen a number of searches where there are these these issues. Um, yeah, I, I you know I agree. I have to say one of the things that firms could do is talk to their search provider to see what um, you know what issues the search provider can and will cover. Yep. Because again, I think a lot of this stems from the point we just made, Stu, around not. The people applying for the search is not really seeing it just as a mechanistic piece of admin. Yeah, don't, than, don't, don't feel that you can't question the information that's in the search. It can be wrong. Well, and or what I was really getting at there, Stu, is that a lot of search providers might, as a matter of course, I certainly know, for example, I know they won't mind me mentioning, but Move Reports, for example, um, uh, you know, a nice independent search provider, they, um, a lot of this, you know, stuff on road schemes, for example, it, you know, can be almost you know, information that they can very easily gather. You know, I know they gather it for their commercial clients on commercial searches. And what conveyancing, what residential conveyancing firms should be doing is engaging with their search provider to find out, okay, what, what additional information can we ask for? Mm. Uh, what additional information do you provide? Uh, how, do we how do we request it? How do we um, streamline it so, you yeah. know, we, we don't miss it and get it wrong? Uh, and is there an extra fee? Uh, and the search providers, I think, would be, you know, delighted to step in. I mean, I know, you know, another one, for example, would be Express Legal, who are, again, really extremely good, very good local knowledge, um, very supportive, um, you know, people, um, you know, running the franchises in their areas who, you know, really do go the extra mile. Um, uh, so I do think that firms could usefully be finding out what their search provider can tell them uh, as part of the search process. But um, but I also wondered um, whether people know, Stu, that um, 
you know, we're allowed, we can write direct to the local authority from inquiry with an inquiry if we've got one, can't we? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, yeah, I suppose some of the younger guys listening to this that are used to having it all, uh, you know, on a plate, so to speak, um, these electronic searches, yeah, probably don't realise that, you know, back in the day, that's what we used to do as a matter of course, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, a personal search, young people could sometimes involve you getting out of your chair, picking up a clipboard or piece of paper, and dare I say, going to the local authority and going round the various departments to find out the answers to your questions. A personal search, doing it in person. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, me being patronising aside, um, yeah, we can write to the local authority and say, well, you know, are there any road schemes in the area? Now, of course, there will be an extra fee because it's a non-standard inquiry, or maybe, um, particularly if you send them a plan. There'll be an extra fee and, and there might be an impact on the time. But I think it's important that people understand, Stu, that it's possible to do that. Yeah, we might not do it in every case. But, but also, also as well, you, you go back to sort of, you know, the retainer. Um, as long as you're explaining this to the client and explaining to the client that you could do this or even they could actually go to the local authority. Um, it's all about sort of giving the client the information they need to make those decisions that they want to proceed to buy that property, isn't it? Um, so so whether or not you actually do it it's telling the client that it's possible to do this and find this out or they can um, if they've got those concerns yeah absolutely well and maybe um, the retainer is 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 a good place to sort of finish this chat Stu because it's where we started and it was the sort of point of the discussion really but um, one of the sort of issues that was made about the, the the fact that this retainer was tightly scoped and it was you know, a straightforward conveyancing transaction and, and didn't take the firm beyond, you know, what they sort of said on the tin, um, is the point that, you know, a lower fee doesn't mean a lower standard of work, no. which I thought was quite an interesting point. Um, it means that the, the work is limited to what we say we're going to do, but a lower fee doesn't mean we have to, you know, we're going to apply a lower standard, because in that case, the firm probably will be negligent but uh, but from firm's point of view from a firm firm owner's point of view Stu what would you say for firms perhaps in conclusion is the major takeaway from this it's not a precedent it's a county court judgment it's not reported but what would you say are the you know is I the think it's takeaway? not just maybe focusing on new build it's just as a generalization look what's happened here the retainer that they had worked um, they obviously detailed the, the remit under which they were going to act obviously detailed the fact that you know their work was going to be limited to the, the property not the wider area um and therefore it's you know it saved them this this claim being successful hasn't it so it's just a reminder for all of us that those t's and c's that are sometimes again another tick box um scenario we always need to be reviewing those always need to make sure that they're up to date tip top because at the end of the day the first thing somebody's going to look at um, is is the, the terms in which we engage with our client. Absolutely. Well, thanks ever so much for that, Stu, and uh, thanks for those insights. Hopefully that's given, you know, people at the coalface and perhaps people that own firms a little bit to think about as a result of this case, and perhaps it's unpicked the case a little bit more for them. So uh, so hope that you've enjoyed that uh, Conveyancing Matters chat. Do remember, subscribe, 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 um, because we produce these uh, pretty much every week. So we'd be delighted if you uh, if you haven't subscribed yet and you want to come on come along for the ride, um, and uh, and Stu and I will be back soon. So yeah, take please. care, Stu. All right, take care, Lorraine.
Bye.